cult cinema catacombs. These films exist. And now, here are your hosts, Roy Buckingham and Andrew Farmer. White sound design, record player, tape player, <laughs> <laughs> Start, start playing. Start start playing your uh, your your public enemy cassettes back on there and that's that's right. I'm gonna start playing that and my uh, oh I picked up a uh, oh who, uh, who did I pick I forget I picked up a single today for uh, for a group that you would know and I can't remember a a, a 12 inch uh, EP for somebody and I don't remember who it was but I found a bunch of weird haunted records today so watch out. <laughs> Why, are you going to play something from the Jackalopes on your um, cassette uh, player there? I forgot that existed until it <laughs> reappeared. Uh, <laughs> I shared that with you in the sacred covenant of podcaster, <laughs> podcasty. Uh, uh, that was that's that is constitutional. That is uh, you. You cannot. And you went and shared it. And then people were writing me and I'm like, oh, for God's sakes, this thing's back again. I think I was drunk the whole time we were doing that. The whole time. You looked Jen it. and I were black. I think both of us were drunk. Uh, for those just joining us, welcome to Cult Cinema Catacombs. Um, uh, for, for those who are wondering what the hell we're talking about, um, Andy, why don't you tell the list? I don't want to tell. I did a music video for a, a a rockabilly band god i don't remember when i don't remember when do you do you have did, did it have any kind of indication as to when it was 2003 2000. holy shit that is older than i thought it was <laughs> 2003 i did a rock i did a music video for a rockabilly band called the jackalopes who by the way rip ass they are amazing um they've opened for the misfits and, and just a whole bunch of bands um they're fairly local, but a local rockabilly band, um, if you're good, doesn't mean local. It's it's like you're a rockabilly <laughs> band. Um, you will open for you will open for Glenn Danzig at some point if you're a decent rockabilly band. Um, but but they did a music video for one of their ba- for one of their one of their songs. I was the I don't know how I got cast. I think I just got they just told me I was doing it. And when Chad Wells tells you you're doing something, you do the thing. Um, I was cast as uh, Major Dick Cannon, <clears throat> space police, copyright police from in space. And I had a trusty computer sidekick, uh, and I forget what her name was in the thing, but it was a friend of mine, a friend of ours. She's amazing. Her name's Jen. She's just fucking great. Um, but uh, yeah, I wore real. I wore silver pants. Silver lame uh, vinyl pants, uh, some goggles, skin tight shirt. This yeah, I was going to say you had some Doctor Horrible uh, look going Doc, on there. Yeah, I, had, I definitely had my goggles. They made a gun for me, like some say hey, that's somebody makes some props. <laughs> but I delivered amazingly bad lines, amazingly poorly for 15 minutes in this thing, and it's available. I think is it still available through uh, our uh, Twitter page there, pal. If not, I will repost it. Um, it is it it is in what it is now in my YouTube favorites folder. Okay, yeah, uh, you post it every year on the year just to make sure it stays fresh and everybody. You loved this thing. 
you want to you want to do an episode of this show on that. <laughs> I could probably have the band on there. I could probably have Ronnie and Chad and Kyle come and uh, be on the show. If you ever want to do that, you just let me know. <laughs> they all got like kids now. Stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, so I will I will repost it on the uh, the, t- the Twitter page there and even on the fa- we, we're back on Facebook. So I'll post it on the, the Facebook page. Oh, you post it on Truth Social. Everybody needs it. Um, <laughs> Put it on the MySpace. We're here, Friendster. We're here, though, tonight. It's a very special night. It's the first part of our, we're closing out our tribute to Clint. Yes, we are. We don't need to talk about me and my misguided, <laughs> misguided adventures into acting. Uh, yeah, so this is our two final films in um, our tribute to Clinton Howard. And I, I've saved this one to be in our last month because it's probably one of his most well-known cult films. And at the same time, I saved this one because... It's very rare that in cult films I see Clint Howard actually get the starring role. I mean, he had the starring role in Evil Speak. Uh, the majority of the time I see him as like either a supporting character or not the main character or anything. And this one, as as corny and campy of a horror comedy it is, it just seemed tailor-made for him. So we're, we're closing the month out with the ice cream man from 1995. Yeah, it's really interesting. We're doing arguably evil speak, notwithstanding Clint Howard's most popular work. Yeah. Outside, and also a movie of, that literally doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and this cast, I mean, God. OK, so so here's our cast for the ice so cream. Let man. me be clear. I've never seen this movie. Oh, God, I can't wait to hear your reaction. Yeah, I've never seen that. So this is my first entry into this movie. Nice. Yeah, I I am. I'm excited for both of the films we're doing this month because I've never seen either. And I should have seen both. I feel like. (laughs) Well, the film was released direct to home video uh, during the 90s, uh, developed a huge cult following, um, I think mainly because of the box art cover of uh you know clint howard holding the the guy's head and an ice cream cone going shh on the cover right yeah right there you're just like okay you got to see this thing on top of that you got the cast so not only is clint howard in this movie but you also have olivia hussey nice from um romeo and juliet and black christmas fame right uh, you have David Naughton from American Werewolf in London <laughs> and the guy saying making it. Uh, oh, my God. OK, I just looked at the cast. I'm going to let you go on. Um, you you go on. But there's one in particular. that. Oh, I really yeah. Then, then, then we have uh, Colt's cult film favorite, David Warner. I mean, yeah. he's done a lot of great stuff. My one of my personal favorite performance of his is still Time Bandits. Oh, yeah. But but then rounding it all up is the one and only Jan Michael Vincent. Boom, baby! <laughs> yes. I, I, I cannot wait to hear your reaction to his quote-unquote acting in this movie, because he, he is epically oh. bored in this film. I love uh, Jan Michael Vincent so much. Oh, my God. Um, wait a but, second. Lee Majors is in this? Is he? I can't remember. Lee Majors is in yes, this. Yes, Lee Majors is in this. Yes. What the fuck? Okay. All right. Let's go. 
Um, oh, no, wait a minute. No, not Lee Majors. I'm sorry. It's his son, Lee Majors II. Oh, his son. That's yeah. even better. I, yeah, his, I'm his, more that's okay right. yeah. with that. Yeah, his son plays Jan Michael Vincent's partner in the film. Oh, very nice. That is yeah. great. <laughs> that is great. Um, so uh, this this film, I uh, I mean, it, Joe Bob has now shown this movie twice. He he showed it on Monster Vision on TNT, sure. and and then he showed it as part of the last drive-in um, on uh, on Shutter, and. Yeah, it's a very famous cult film. It really is. This, this is one of the, the bigger cult films we've done on this show. But since you've never seen this thing, you, you got to watch this. I mean, this is this this is tour de force Clint Howard, in my opinion. Well, first of um, all, that's why I'm here. Yeah. Is, is, the whole point of the show is we, we stray sometimes. But the point of the show is what? You haven't seen that? <laughs> Go watch it. And we're going to talk about it. Um I, I do like that I get to do that a little bit to you now, too. But for the most part, that's the whole thing. So I'm very excited to come back to the roots of the show at the end of um, a, a three-month run of just pure Clint Howard um, to finish it out with something that everybody talks about I've never seen and you are gushing about. So I'm yeah. very excited. Yeah, I can't wait to, to see your response to this. So I'm not going to tell you a damn thing. Other I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to tell you anything else. I want you to go in um, blind about the actor. No, I will. I will give you one little factoid about the film, and that's with Clint Howard's performance himself. Uh, he got a little Stanislavskis for this uh, <laughs> for this because uh, he's got this really gravelly, almost like Batman voice in the in the film. And how he did that was on his way to the set, he would like scream at the top of his lungs Jeez. as much as he could. So he would just thrash his voice and it, it pays off because he's got a really creepy, graggly voice in this film. Uh, so it, so he, he threw himself into this role. He really did. I mean, he does. We've, we've learned if there's, if there's anything that we've learned about Clint Howard in the last three months. And, and this was a great idea to do this um, was that he owns every role he does mm -hmm. just leans into everything, whether it be house of the dead or star Trek or, you know, the wraith he'll own that role. Mm -hmm. e and e it pays off. E even, um, you know, rock and roll high school. I mean, he, he leans into that role in everything he's done. He, he gives it his all. He's, he doesn't half-ass anything that he does, and that's that's the, that's what I love about him is he does yeah. not half-ass anything. No, he's he's the he's the he's the king of um, of cult cinema. I really, <laughs> you know, you 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 can't and and it's it's criminal how it doesn't happen, but you can't like talk about actors, cult cinema actors, without talking about him. It, mm -hmm. You put him in the same tier as as a Tom Atkins. You know, you, you have to. And mm -hmm. it just doesn't get done enough. It's criminal that it doesn't. But he, he I'm glad we're paying tribute. Yeah, me too. So are, are you ready to watch this insanity that is Hell like, yeah. man, with this, with Hell this yeah. bonkers cast that it has? I was ready in 1994 or whatever. <laughs> it, it is it is frankly, it is shocking to me that I haven't watched it because this is one of those things where this this came out. When did when did Ice Cream Man come out? It came out 1995. in 1995. So that was at a time period that I was like, you know, that was in a 
transitory time period. I think DVDs were starting to come out. You had a weird period there. But, you know, I was going to the video store in 93, 94, 95 every week and renting B-movies based on the cover art alone. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what you did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you saw the art cover and you're like, OK, this movie looks interesting. And you either wound, either wound up with a turd, um, an undiscovered gem mm-hmm. or a mixture of both. Yeah. <laughs> and it's 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 solely, you know, um physical media Russian roulette that I did not end up watching this. So I'm glad I'm getting the opportunity. Me too. Cause I, like I said, what sold me on it was when I saw the, the, the cover art of Clint Howard, given that shush face holding the, the bloody headed ice cream cone. I was like, <laughs> Oh, I got to see this. So, <laughs> I mean, that's how I ended up watching like basket case, you know, like all those type of movies was all based on cover art. So Frankenhooker. Yeah. Oh, how many times did I read Frankenhooker? <laughs> So many times. <laughs> All righty, let's dive into the madness and fun that is the ice cream man. God, I can't wait to hear your response to this. I can't wait to give my response to this. <laughs> we'll be right back, folks. It was a city just like any other. With kids just like anywhere. Anybody for ice cream? But when a brand new ice cream man comes to town... Just for you. That new ice cream dude's pretty freaky. There goes the neighborhood. Who's there? Happy day, Nurse Wharton. There's something weird going on here. I'm fixing up a little party for you. Dogs start disappearing. Hello, puppy. Children lose their way. Oh, he's so kind to the little children. I'm not curious. And a man of mystery. Here you go. Wow. Conjures up his own brand of mischief. You can't run from the ice cream man. What do we do? When your parents don't believe you. But dad. I said go to your room. When the police can't help you. Emergency. Repeat, emergency. Kids can do anything. You two are playing cops and robbers. If you just believe in friendship. We are doing this. The three of us. You'll always find your courage. Any way you slice it. Hiya, honey. They may look pint-sized. He's out there. But adventure doesn't get any bigger. This is gonna be fun. The Ice Cream Man. Clint Howard. Olivia Hussey. David Knott. And David Warner. The Ice Cream Man. He's a scream. Special formula ice cream contains <laughs> naughty bits from children in your ice cream. Here, <laughs> the eye, let me scoop out this piece of the eyeball for you, officer, and put it in your ice cream. It's the special marshmallow recipe got, that you can't bite into. I got one. I got one. Uh, I got one word for you, Roy. What's that? Creamsicle. <laughs> Whenever I do anything fucked up from now on, I'm just yelling creamsicle. That's just what I'm going to favorite scene in the movie in a movie full of possible favorite scenes. Creamsicle. The, the scene where he just, he, what does he do? He, he throws uh, ice cream out of a car window, I think is what he does. He throws something out of the car window. I think yeah. it was either ice cream or it was it was either ice cream or 
a scooper, and yeah, he screams creamsicle just randomly. There is a scene in this movie where Clint Howard climbs up on top of his ice cream truck, <laughs> jumps off of it with two ice cream scoops, bonks two detectives on the head, and knocks them out. Jim Cotta. Yeah, that was the Jim Cotta moment. <laughs> what the hell, man? This, this movie was amazing. This this film is filled with so many what the hell moments, and that's what I love about it is it's just one solid ninety minutes of what the hell. Um, my my personal favorite scene is the um, the sanitarium, the the, the, oh, the, the yeah. mental hospital, because uh, one Jan Michael Vincent <laughs> quote unquote acting in that movie is mwah, friend, chef's kiss. Oh my god, it's just. <laughs> At one point, I'm calling for a recast of the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie, but I want Jim Michael Vincent to be Dolph, uh, Punisher instead yeah. of Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, I have never seen an actor who never wanted to be in a movie in my entire life like Jan Michael Vincent oh in God. this movie. It's like that whole sequence where he's fighting everybody off in, in the mental hospital is just like dull dull surprise basically he's just like eh. he's just dead yeah. inside just shooting <laughs> mental patients <laughs> and the mental patients oh my god i just the way that they had all the mental patients portrayed i'm just like oh my god what what six flags halloween haunted house did they hire this cast from to <laughs> to incorporate this, this insane asylum the, the well so the first thing I want to say about this movie is it had all the production value of Mr. Boogity. <laughs> oh, it was definitely low. It was zero budget. As you as you mentioned, it was like it looked like it was a 1990s made for lifetime movie. Yes. Which it definitely felt that way. Yes. Yeah. It, it was like it was and somebody and I'm going to, you know, went into a room and pitched this movie. All I'm going to say is cocaine again, just, <laughs> ooh, it's a hell, it's a hell of a drug, man. Like somebody went into a room and said, I've got an idea for a movie of a retelling of the Pied Piper, except <laughs> it's going to be uh, the ice cream. It's going to be ice cream. It's going to be an ice cream man. And um, he's just going to, he's going to kill a bunch of people, <laughs> but he's crazy. And he thinks that the original ice cream man is still alive and he mm -hmm. keeps a, a, an effigy in a broken down, like, like me trying to explain this movie is insane. And then he kidnaps a kid and grooms the kid grooms to become the be next the ice cream man. man. <laughs> and, and somebody was like in that room, somebody in that room was like, oh, okay. Okay. Who do you, uh, who do you, who you got for your lead? Clint fucking Howard. And they went, sign it. It's done. Here's $80,000. Make your movie. Here's $80,000. Use it on the breast implants for the mistress. Make your movie. God, I mean, there's just so much to comment on. The, I mean, first of all, when the movie begins, there's there's just no no real true setup. It just gets right oh. into the action with the flashback of the ice cream man for some damn reason being gunned down to death in front of the young version of Clint Howard. Uh, <laughs> to modern day where Clint Howard has now taken over the role of the ice cream man, but sure. just a little homicidal. <laughs> I, I love, I love that he has zero patience though for everybody. And it's just like the, the scene when he's chastising the kids who can't make a decision. 
<laughs> just cracks me up. <laughs> it's like, well, the, <laughs> I'm just like, that's me when I was working retail. Is how he is right now. You weren't you weren't kidding when you talked about his voice either. <laughs> the, the Batman, Christian yeah, Bale, Crackley voice. The, uh, the the uh, oh uh, oh god, why can't I think of his name? The uh, the cowboy from uh, Big Lebowski, uh, Roadhouse. Uh, oh Sam Elliott. Yeah, the Sam Elliott voice affectation that he takes on. Hey, I'm Clint Howard. <laughs> Hi, I watched a lot of uh, City Slickers, so I'm going to make my voice sound like Jack Palance in the movie. <laughs> Ice cream, it's what's for dinner. Are you done making your decisions, or do you need an act of Congress? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The movie was just, uh, it's fantastic. There's so many, like, I'm going to say this right off the top, right? We are wrapping up. As we finish this this episode of the show, we are wrapping up our our three month retrospective on Clint Howard, and God, it's been amazing. Yeah, it's been amazing. Um, but as both of the movies that we've watched this month will show, there's just something about Clint Howard, regardless of whether it's ten seconds or an hour and a half, that elevates a movie to a weird place. Yeah, and and you never forget his performance at and, all. And the fact that Clint Howard. Is the character. This is the only one I think we've watched. Where he's the round. main character. Yeah. Yeah. Where he is the guy. Um, in a movie that stars maybe 10 people total. <laughs> <laughs> he is the guy. At a certain point, it takes it to like an insane. Oh, yeah. Sensory overload meets sensory deprivation place where you're just <laughs> all things are Clint Howard. And Clint Howard's hairline, his hair in this movie. Yeah. Oh, God, this movie is so good and it's so insane yeah. and it bounces back and forth from am I supposed to be sympathetic to the ice cream man? And all of a sudden, you, as soon as you start feeling sympathy for this guy, he's popping two severed cop heads up over the hood of a car and making him have a damn puppet show. <laughs> we are using the ice cream scoops inside the mouths to operate inside the heads to operate the mouths and doing like this old vaudeville routine with the two severed heads. Yeah. Like this movie is, it's such, and I don't mean this in a bad way, right? I'm this not, movie, I'm not... ma- this movie makes Dr. Giggles subtle. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but this movie is such a whiplashy movie. <laughs> in such a good way, because you never know what's happening. Yeah. You never know what's going on. He Does he ever, until the end, and even at the end, do they ever kill a kid in this movie? Um, I don't think I've ever actually seen the murder of a child. I mean, he's got body parts but are inside his freezer, but it's never clearly determined if they're the body parts of kids or not. Yeah, because I know he kills the the um the teenagers or, or the uh i don't know if they're teenagers or in their 20s but the the older brother and girlfriend and he kills david Naughton, you know with the infamous ice cream waffle cone scene which is <laughs> yeah. awesome um and then of course kills the hoe oh yeah um, the hoe could be my favorite character in this movie <laughs> <laughs> just the wildly overt nature of the hoe is so grand 
Like, it's so arch ho. Um, <laughs> I just coined the term arch ho, and arch-ho. I'm going to use it forever. Um, just like, Clint Howard is the ice cream man, and she is just like, why don't you make a special delivery into my icebox with your your I can, waffle I, cone? I, I, I could what? use a I could use a hard pack myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> that that could be no joke. Like that could be my favorite character in this movie. If it wasn't for Jan Michael Vincent's. <laughs> That would be my favorite character in this movie. And then we also have Lee Majors Jr. Or, I'm sorry, Lee Majors II the as second, his assistant. Yeah. Um, and then we have <laughs> Olivia Hussey, who I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out what was her final point for being in the film, oh. other than to go, have you found my missing dog? Where's well, my missing what? dog? Oh, hide and seek, hide and seek. <laughs> what they did was... They took they took a shotgun and dangled it from a string in front of her and just walked her onto set. <laughs> oh my god. And then the other the other things that kill me about this movie is going back to the whole thing with the Pied Piper. I mean, you talk about ham fisting an allegory. <laughs> it's like every chance they could get to make a reference to the Pied Piper story in this film, it's there. I, it wasn't beating a dead horse. It was running a bulldozer over the dead horse with that allegory. Um, and then if, on top of that, I love how they made a reference to that one kid being fat and overweight. All the by, time. All the time. And the way that they made this kid seem like he was fat and overweight, because it was obvious he wasn't. But the way that they made the kid seem like he was fat and overweight was he was basically – like Joey on Friends when he's wearing all the clothes. Yeah, yeah. he's got like 17 <laughs> layers. So they have all these clothes on him. So that way, when we get to the end of the movie and his quote unquote miraculous weight loss that comes out. of This is a plot point that comes out of nowhere at the end of the film. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that's because I was wearing all that bulky 90s grunge clothing. And now I'm just wearing a T-shirt to show my real body. So real quick. What is this movie about? Well, it's about the lost Macaulay Culkin kid. Uh, <laughs> it's about grooming the lost Macaulay Culkin into being the next. Uh... <laughs> yes. The grooming aspect came out of nowhere with this movie. It was just like when the kids started getting into it, I'm like, oh, God, it's Stockholm Syndrome. And, <laughs> you know, just grooming him to become the next serial killing ice cream man. And the foreshadowing with the blades. I mean, there's foreshadowing, and then there's the foreshadowing in this movie. Because when he turns the blades on, I'm immediately thinking, oh, he's going to chop that kid up in the blades. Nope. It's just there to help mix the ice cream. But, of course, the blades come back in the end for use. But, like, every chance they get, it's like, be careful for the blades. They'll chop you up. Oh, did I mention those blades will chop you up? Hey, officer, <laughs> as you're ramshacking my store, don't touch those blades. They'll chop you up. Yeah, there is a whole um, there is a whole scene where uh, uh, Clint Howard gets to deliver a monologue to the two cops after they wreck his uh, derelict ice cream shop. <laughs> 
with the plastic um oh the plastic sunflowers which actually have a point in the movie too it's like that that's that's the MacGuffin clint to uh uh the MacGuffin hint as to what really happened with him i mean i just it's like when they finally you put the math together you're like okay yeah, I just try. I'm trying to figure out how to explain this movie. Basically, uh, Clint Howard idolized this ice cream man in his neighborhood who was gunned down in front of him, made him go insane. He he went into a mental asylum, came out. I guess the nurse did the nurse retire his nurse. I guess I don't know. They never really <laughs> quite explained why one. She no longer worked. Well, the sanitarium was taken over by the insane anyway, but they never really explained if she quit, if she retired and why she took the ice cream man in as her like adopted ward, as we found out. Right. And lets her lets him live. It's it just so convenient that the ice cream parlor is right next door to her house and is basically letting him live there and the only rent that he gets to pay her is ice cream right yeah (laughs) so i they really never explain it i mean her character is like one of the best examples of half-baked development of a character but damn is olivia hussey going to give it her all in this character Uh, especially during the hide and the quote-unquote hide and seek seek good night what is that (laughs) What is going on there? Oh, hide and seek. Hide and seek. <laughs> you are such a good hider. Just call it. But anyway, his nurse lets him live ice cream rent free mm-hmm. on her property. And he, he, he fixes up an ice cream truck and the she has the derelict ice cream shop on her property. Lets him kind of take over and become the ice cream man living there. Mm-hmm. Uh why does he become we I mean from Jump Street he's putting body parts into ice cream. Yeah, I mean we we we, we don't know why. We don't know why. There's no explanation as to why the bodies are his secret ingredient. We just know that they are. And the way that they tell us that the body parts are his secret ingredient to his ice cream is when he is creating the quote-unquote powder which is basically made from the bodies that he is grinding right. up. I, he when he pulls out the strainer to pull out like the the jewelry and stuff that comes off the body parts, we see slut galore's diaphragm inside the strainer. <laughs> to which he like picks up and is like looking at it like what is this? And so yeah. he just hangs it on the faucet. <laughs> um, yeah. So he uh, they they accuse him of killing a kid. Mm-hmm. And they start uh, making his life hell. So he decides he's going to take revenge. And he just starts killing everybody. Anybody who's involved. Anybody with these kids. Because the, or the kids break into his ice cream shop, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like a, that's the weird thing about this movie. is It's like Goonies <laughs> if uh, Sloth killed people and put them in ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how long it takes to make butter brickle? Oh my god, butter, my butter brickle. Nah, butter brickle was like the the like apparently like the mana from the heavens in this movie. 
Uh, well, now we know what his secret ingredient is, and that's hose. It's basically the ingredient to his butter brickle. Just what? But anyway, he keeps going until uh, until he falls in his own um, his own chopper, which is telegraphed from the moment we see the chopper. Exactly. You know what's going to happen. But the kid that he's been um, grooming. Well, and the cop. Okay, so let's talk about the detectives. We've got two detectives, Jan Michael Vincent, and who's the other one? Uh, Lee Majors the second. That's right, Lee Majors Jr. the second, the third. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're uh, tasked with investigating the ice cream man and trying to get some some dirt on him to bring him in for this all these murders and child murders and all that. Um, they uh, <laughs> they they come to interview him. They can't get anything on him. They come back with a warrant and ransack his uh, ice cream shop, and they still can't get anything on it. They get a lead about the insane asylum he was in, the mental institution. That's when all hell breaks loose. Oh, God, yes. Talk about that scene, like, from the beginning of it. So he goes into the mental asylum, and we meet what is, we assume, the doctor in charge. Right. And, you know, he starts talking about the nurse and, you know, he mentions a name. I can't remember what the the real name of the ice cream man is at this point, but he mentions his name and then he hears somebody howling and he's like, oh, I need I need to go and pay in 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 and pay a, le- a, a visit to this patient here. Today's not a hap, hap, happy day and <laughs> leaves. And so then the police are like, OK, let's see where he's going. And then at that point, that's when it becomes the Six Flags theme park <laughs> Halloween House of Horrors, because we start seeing things sprayed on the wall, like God bless the children who are yeah. dead and stuff like that. Hell, hell uh, it, 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 you know, something about how this is hell and all this did, stuff. Yeah. Did somebody say hell? I remember seeing that sprayed on the walls. And then we get into the room where he's working on the patient, but it turns out that the patient is the doctor that we see in all of the flashback sequences. Right. Who's got the same, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle secret of the ooze goo injected into his head that we see being injected into someone's head, which turns out to be Clint Howard's character in the end of the film. And at that point, that's when we find out that the patients have taken over the hospital. And then at that point, he starts skipping around like some overgrown kid going, come out and come out, play time, play time. <laughs> and then it becomes our it becomes House of the Dead, only with insane people at that point. Right. Yeah. The, <laughs> there's a there's just insane people in the hallways, insane people. Uh, Lee Majors, the second to third is like screaming and just punching people and trying to get away. And Jan Where Michael I, Vincent's just like, oh God, what do they want? Do you want my autograph or something? What? He just pulls out his, his, his sidearm and just starts shooting mental patients. I love it. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And in the yeah. meantime, um, as, as a real sign of the times, as a real sign of 1995, the kids have some uh, film that they need developed. Oh, God, yes. The, 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 the film developer, the gay film developer, is one of the best throwaway characters in a movie like this I've ever seen. He's like, 
Well, how long does it take to develop the film? Well, it depends on how soon you need it. We have it <laughs> with eight hours. We have day long, and it costs this much. And then this one costs this much. Oh. <laughs> it's like, like like Andy Dick on a downer day, basically. That's <laughs> what this guy was. <laughs> So they have to like get the money together to pay for film development, which I thought was very uh, a, a very dated but poignant plot point in, in this movie. You know, like you don't hear about that anymore. Yeah, like we're on a timetable because you know we've got to figure out what's going on with uh, with the ice cream man. So we got to get our our, our film developed. It um, turns out the film that they were developing that the pictures were on also had some porn photos. Sure, because why not? Why um, not? But then they go try to, you know, expose the ice cream man. All hell breaks loose. And, um, the ice cream man falls in his own chopper. And then the last scene is the kid that he was grooming to be the next <laughs> ice cream man uh, is in the same is, is the same mental asylum. Right. That's what we're led to believe. We're led to believe it's the same mental asylum, although that That's that good. scene, I will admit, looked like something straight out of Dr. Giggles. And, you know, he's there hand churning the ice cream and looks up in the screen like <laughs> like up oh, the cycle continues do you want a uh do you want another admission what's that i've never seen dr giggles oh you need to correct that that dr giggles is fun am i saving it for the show is it going to come up at some point now no probably not because it's a little more mainstream than this one is Doctor Giggles is a lot of fun. You need to see that one just because uh, just it's 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 got effective moments, but at the same time, it's like one of the best one of the best non-official episodes of Tales from the Crypt you've ever seen. Okay. I guess is the best way to describe Doctor Giggles. I right. I love it. It's a blast. Everybody should watch this movie. That's what I'm yes. saying. This it's it's 90 minutes. I guarantee you, you have fun. It's available home, all over the place. I mean, it's on Shutter. That's where I watched it. Um, I think it's on Tubi as well. If you like this type of movie at all, at all, if you've ever stayed up till two in the morning watching just you know horror movies on UHF TV or the Sci-Fi Channel or Cinemax or whatever back in the day, and you haven't seen this, rectify that. Mm-hmm. I did. And it was worth every second of time. Just like the scene where he pops up with the two heads. <laughs> I couldn't, I was just shaking my head, like just trying to talk. Words weren't coming out. It was just so perfectly. Oh, it's, executed. Uh, uh, it's a great moment. Uh, yeah, this, this is a film when you think of the films that were the quintessential 90s direct to VHS films that you saw the cover box art for in a, a video store. That would entice you to watch it. This is a great example of that subgenre of horror films. Um, If if you want to, if you've never seen any of those type of direct to home video horror that came out in the late 80s through the 90s, this is a great starting point. Is the Ice Cream Man? I because one, you got an awesome, over the top, fun performance from Clint Howard, who looks like he's having an absolute blast in this role. Uh, you've got you got you got kid Olivia Hussey just having the time of her life in what should have been just a throwaway role, but she doesn't make it a throwaway role. And you got the magic that is Jan Michael Vincent not giving a shit that he's just in this film. 
dead. Just dead to the world in this film. And everybody they, and, just <laughs> leans into every performance. It's great. Even even David Naughton from American Werewolf in London. I mean, at one point you're actually expecting him to start singing "Making It" from you know the 70s, the, his yep. hit single, or start singing about the virtues of Dr. Pepper. Um, but even he's having a field day in this movie. I it's it's you got to see this one. It's great. I I I have yet to get bored every time I watch Ice Cream Man. It's so it's, much fun. It's Lynchian the juxtaposition of everybody else in the movie who has their performance at an 11 mm-hmm. you know everybody um uh the hoe uh the dad <laughs> the mom ice cream man olivia hussey uh everybody at the insane asylum even the kids the, the kids the 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 you know the 20 somethings everybody's at an 11 the other cops everybody is <laughs> up here and we and totally Jim michael vincent is giving you a two <laughs> we totally forgot the name of the kids. They they have this gang. They call them and they have special berets for their gang. They do. They, yeah. They call themselves the Rocketeers, yes. which I love because I'm like, wow, I didn't think the Rocketeer made that big of a cultural impact when the <laughs> film came out in the early 90s to inspire a gang of kids to create a special beret to wear, naming themselves after a Disney movie that failed in the box. <laughs> They're like the guardian angels. Of their neighborhood. Yeah, they, yes, the berets look like the guardian angels berets. They really do. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's and, watch this movie. If, if, and, if, if we haven't convinced you, I don't know what we're going to be able to do to convince you to watch this movie. Oh, it's a must see this, this really, this, this might've moved up into my top 10 for sure, because I forgot how much fun, the ice oh, cream good. man is so much fun. It's good. Thank you for uh, this is the, you know, the last of the official big tentpole Clint Howard movies that we've done. So, you know, thanks for this. Thanks for this yeah, journey. I purposely sa- I purposely saved this one for last because I knew you would have a blast with. Oh, this. It was and, so good. I yeah. didn't know what I was expecting going in at all. <laughs> like, all right, well, I guess I'll put this on. Holy shit. What am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, are you ready for June? I I am, yes. Yes, it's the month before our fourth anniversary extravaganza that we have going on. So, June, of course, is Pride Month. And so we kind of have now a tradition that's going where we we watch something. But I'm going in a different direction this time. So, you know, we've done, like, examples of queer cinema and, oh my god, what the fuck, queer cinema. Especially last year with Can't Stop the Music. This time, I've decided to go into a direction of gay camp. Okay. So, I've got a question to ask you. Oh, God. Okay. Do you like Elizabeth Taylor movies? Oh, you know I like Elizabeth Taylor movies. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, the, the movie that we're going to watch that I have picked for us... Comes from the year 1968. Okay. Uh, it not only stars Elizabeth Taylor, but it stars her then husband, Richard Burton. This is during their second marriage, by the way. Okay. Uh, it also stars playwright Noel Coward. <laughs> okay. And it's based off of a play 
written by Tennessee Williams, who even wrote the screenplay for this movie. Okay. Uh, The film is called Boom. Okay. Uh, Boom... Of course, you know, the big thing that, you know, in the advertising, they want to make sure that, you know, this is Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor at the, at the peak of their careers. You know, if you love them in Taming of the Shrew. You love them. And who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Now right. watch them explode on screen with boom from Tennessee Williams movie bombed like a motherfucker um, <laughs> was a giant bomb. However, thanks to the magic that is the man named John Waters, uh, yes, this film has become a gay camp classic. And when you watch the movie, you will understand why we're going into almost mommy dearest territory of what's, overacting with this movie. What's funny was, Roy, mm-hmm. I almost chose mommy dearest for a second feature. <laughs> I was literally this close. Like, all, I was there. I, I was this, so close. The, uh, so, so let me give you a quick plot description of this film. This is on the back, by the way. I own this on on Blu-ray. The film is available on YouTube to watch, which you'll, I'll give you the the link for. Okay. But here is the description on the back of the Shop Factory Special Edition version that I own of this movie, featuring audio commentary by the number one fan of this movie, John Waters. By the way. Jeez. Yeah, if it's not gay enough, you have that added to it. Cinematic icons and twice-married couple Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton light up the screen in what acclaimed Tennessee playwright Tennessee Williams describes as the best film adaptation of the work of his work that he has ever seen. Elizabeth Taylor is sissy go forth, the world's richest woman who has retired to her lavish island estate to dictate her memoirs. Her reclusive lifestyle is thrown into upheaval when a roguish poet by the name of Chris Flanders, played by Burton, washes up on her beach. With the mysterious habit of calling upon a lady one steps before the undertaker, Flanders suddenly becomes known as the Angel of Death. But an undaunted go-forth opts to tempt fate when she chooses to take Flanders as her next and last lover. Okay. (laughs) All right. That's but that's not all that I've chosen for you. Oh, no. (laughs) Prior to that, we're going to watch a little short. And by short, I mean an episode of a long forgotten 80s television series. Okay. We're going to watch an episode of Madam's Place from the 80s featuring Wailing Flowers and Madam. Okay. And the episode that we're going to watch guest stars famous drag performer Charles Pierce. All right. Famous for his impersonations of Mae West, um, uh, Joan Crawford, and all sorts of other females. But the one that he was the most famous for was, I can't believe I'm forgetting her name, Betty Davis. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Most famous for, for Betty Davis. So the episode, uh, Charles Pierce plays uh, the nephew of Madam who comes to visit. However, he has an affliction, and this affliction was due to the nuclear power plant that he works at at security. And there was a toxic waste spill at the nuclear power plant 
that just happened to hit his body while he was watching a Betty Davis movie. So every time someone says the word trash to him, he transforms into Betty Davis. Okay. 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 <laughs> that sounds like it's right up my alley. So I'm, <laughs> I'm here for it. Let's go. So so that's what we're watching for Pride Month this year. <laughs> All right. So it's those two those two there for you. So Camp Galore is what I decided to go with this year. All right. I'm into it. All righty. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much for tuning into this episode. Again, go go see the Ice Cream Man. You will thank us. No, it's yeah. so much fun. It's so outrageous and so over the top. Uh, production value of zero, but the acting makes up for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gang. So we will talk to you on the next episode uh, where we're going to discuss um, Digital Man. <laughs> uh, God, can't wait! Can't wait for you to hear our discussion on that one, folks. All right, talk to you later. Bye.